Don't just long that God take away the circumstance. Long that through the circumstance, your worship ignites. That's hope as he does something amazing and healing in your life. Well, it's great to be back with you guys. Great to be doing some in-person. Great to be continuing the online stuff and having us all partner together. And we are here to be able to worship our God. And all of God's people said, and we are here to praise. Don't miss it. We are here to praise. I'm telling you, the last four months, we were just talking about it right before, it's been 15 weeks since we've been able to be together. Is that crazy? And all of a sudden, it starts to get to feel like maybe actually what we're put on this earth to do is to whine. And I mean, I'm telling you, just start, you start to get fed up. What is going on? What's happening with why is? Man, today we are going to be talking about hope that heals. We're continuing in this series, hope that heals. And we're talking very specifically about one word, uncertainty. What do I do when I'm uncertain? What do I do when I start into a journey that I thought was going to be two weeks and it's already 15 weeks and it's still going? What do I do when the circumstances God has washed on my shore is quite different than what I thought and it's all uncertain? Some thoughts about what we can do with that today. So turn with me, if you will, to Psalm chapter 40, starting in verse 1. Psalm chapter 40, starting in verse 1, and we're going to talk about a hope that he shares his wisdom, that he shares his wisdom. And I want to be really careful on this. I don't mean like he gives us all the nitty-gritty detail of exactly how to handle something. We're going to talk about an overarching approach to grasping God's wisdom today, all right? Psalm chapter 40, turn with me if you will there. First point, sing a new song of your awesome God and his works. Sing a new song of your awesome God and his works. We start out Psalm 40, right at the beginning, you know, most Psalms have a little bit of a summary of what's going on, who it's from, that kind of thing. And this says, to the choir master, a Psalm of David. This was written by the king of Israel, David. He wrote at least 73 psalms that we know of. There may have been a couple more, but 73 or more psalms that he wrote. He's prolific, almost half of the psalms in the book of Psalms, right? And uh, so this one is from David. It's not exactly clear what this is from, but he's definitely celebrating that he got through some hardship. And, and some think maybe that's even the hardship that was in chapter 39, right before it. And it's possible, not every psalm is connected one after another like that, but it's possible with that some of what's going on here. So let's jump in and learn what it means to sing a new song. David said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and he heard my cry. I waited patiently for the Lord. Have you noticed how many times when we're talking about the word hope that the word wait jumps in there so fast? He waited patiently. You know, we talked about that acronym before, wait, meaning to watch for God at work, seeing what he's going to do, watch, and to be able to ask that he open up your eyes, that you can see what's going on, invite, that you ask God to step into your life, teach, trust, right, to be able to wait on the Lord, to see him doing a huge work as you watch him work and as you look to him. It says, I waited patiently. Boy, that word's important, isn't it? Like we can wait and then we can wait patiently. 
You know, it's not talking about this kind of weight. Come on. Come on. For crying out loud. Where? Come on. Where in the world is he? Not that. Everybody say, not that. Dude, not that kind of weight. Wait patiently. God, you've got this. Lord, I'm trusting you in this. Lord, I'm handing this all to you. I'm waiting patiently upon you. Your timing is what I want, Lord, not my timing. Your timing, I hand this to you. I wait patiently for the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the personal name of Yahweh. I wait for the one who is personally knowable and in charge of the universe, and I long for him to do a work. Don't miss that. I wait for the one who is absolutely in charge. He inclined to me and he heard my cry, meaning literally he leaned in. He was right there with me. Don't miss this. Your God loves you. Your God longs to be there for you. Your God longs to be there with you. As you wait on him, know this. He is going to lean in and hear your cry. As we tell God where we're at, as we share with him our struggles, as we let him know what's going on, he cares to hear that. And he leans in with you. And he engages. It says, he heard my cry. In the Hebrew, when you see the word hear, it means, yes, that his ear caught it. It means that God captured and understood that it was being said. But more than that, action is being called for. He's leaning in. He's beginning to make an impact. He heard the cry. It says, he drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog. He drew me up from the pit of destruction. Now, it's not exactly clear what David was going through, but whatever it was, he felt like it had the power to destroy him, to destroy his soul, to destroy his focus, to take down his worship, the pit of destruction. Whatever he was facing was causing him to stumble. And are you there? What is your pit of destruction? What's dragging you down, causing your worship to falter? Making you think, Lord, I don't know if I can make it any further. The pit of destruction, he even said, or out of the miry bog. I love that metaphor, out of the miry bog. You got to picture it. Like, don't just skid past the words. Really picture it. Miry bog. Like, imagine this. The sun is just about setting on a summer night. It's really kind of muggy and humid. You see almost a fog or a mist in the air. And there's this body of water down below, this bog that sits there. It's dark. It's brown and black and filthy as it's just sitting there. You can hear the frogs croaking in the background, you know. We got frogs in our backyard off of this little creek. We hear them every evening. You got frogs you can hear in this bog. You can see this stuff floating on the top and the seaweed down in it. If you actually went into that, the bottom of that thing would be this muddy, filthy, nasty, like your feet. You would start sinking down up to your knees. You wouldn't be able to pull out. It's not a hard surface. It's not a clear water. It's horrible. It's filthy. It's miry. You get stuck in it. You can't get out. Are you feeling it? He's like, that's what I'm in. And I'm crying out to my God. 
It's filthy, it's nasty, it's horrible, and I can't get out on my own. I cried out to my God, and he drew me up. And all of God's people said, he picked me up. He lifted me out. My God doing a work in my life, a miracle taking place as he got me out of this mess. And he set my feet upon a rock, making my steps absolutely secure. Making my steps secure. He like lifted me out of that muck and he set me. Now can you imagine as he would like pick him up in that metaphor and the water and the gunk just running off and he sets him down on the stone and he's still like soaking wet but he can literally start moving across the rocks. He can be going forward. Notice I love David said my steps are secure. Notice the work of God and the work of man coming together. Man, it's not appropriate for us to say, God, I got to do this all by myself. I've got it. Everybody say, not that. It's just not that. But it's also not, God, I'm not doing anything. You do everything. Not that either. It's, Lord, I'm leaning on you, and Lord, I need you to fix this problem. It's massive. And as God lifts him up out and sets him onto solid ground, now his steps are secure. He can begin to move forward, and God moving with him in that May we always recognize our work with God is sort of a both and. It's God doing and it's us coming alongside with that and partnering and moving forward with. May we grasp that. David's like, and he did this amazing work as he set me on solid ground. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. He put a new song in our mouth. We love this phrase around here, a new song. In case you haven't noticed, we're always looking for new, fresh worship songs to be able to bring out. But it means more than just some new written music. It means I'm looking for the next thing that my God is doing in my life, and I long to be celebrating that. And all too often, we get hung up on an old song. All too often, we get hung up on something God did like 28 years ago, 34 years ago, 12 years ago, last month even, we get hung up on the yesterday and we start longing to just remember what that was like and what that felt like. We keep going back to it. And what does happen over time is our passion and our energy seems to wane down. Why? Because we're worshiping a distant memory of what God did rather than the moment. He's like, long for the new song. Look for what God is doing in your life today, right here and right now. Look for what God is doing in the midst of these struggles. Look for the word that your God is giving you, the confidence and assurance that you're finding in his word. Long for each day to be a fresh interaction with your God. Long for the new song that you can be crying out of your God. Notice he says a new song, that a song of praise to our God. These are not songs that lament the next thing wrong in our life, right? Don't be an expert of the blues. Be an expert of singing praise and making much of your God. Nothing wrong with blues music, by the way. But I'm saying make sure that you know and understand that you are celebrating your problem solver, not celebrating the problem and talking about it. And all of God's people said, man, may we be about praise May we figure out what it looks like to put that on our lips. I'm just telling you that this passage was chosen uh, a long time ago. And as we were walking through this for this date, this is what God had set up. 
May we grasp what it is to get together and praise. May we grasp what it is to be alone and praise. May we look for the work that God is doing. He says, many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. He's like, they're actually seeing me in this tough spot and they're seeing God get me out. They're like, there's nothing that could have gotten you out except a God that is bigger than everything. It's amazing how you're out of this tough spot. And as they see him being pulled out, as they see his worship in the midst of the tough time and being pulled out, they literally are dropping their jaw in awe. They're in fear. There's a respect. There's an awe. But this is actually a very positive fear. How do you know? Well, look at the next sentence. And put their trust in the Lord. They see and they fear and it causes them to come closer to that same God. They're like, if that's what this God is doing, man, I long to know him like you know him. We have that privilege to be able to be that voice in this broken world. Please hear me. This world needs that voice. This world needs to hear that you are rocked by your Savior. And all of God's people said, man, this, needs to, this world needs to hear that you trust, that you are leaning on him. That he is your hope. And as you lean on him with all you've got and as God walks with you day by day and as you sing of the new song that he puts in your heart, you become a testimony to those around. And some might even turn and begin to trust in God because of your faith and your walk. Praise be to God. Man, may we be a voice in this broken world saying we know the king who can put it all right. We trust in him. He says, blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who believes in him as Savior, who confesses him as Lord, who counts on him as King, who is saved. Blessed is the one who is saved. And are you trusting your God? Trusting him for salvation? And are you trusting him with today's struggle? Are you in? Blessed is the one who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. Don't turn to the proud. Why? Well, you know what the proud looks like. When you walk in a room, the proud is the one who also walks in the room and they start selling themselves, right? Proud is the one who says, I've got the answer. You need to rally to me. You need to come over here. Listen to what I know. Here's the way we should head. They might start selling something that they believe is true, or they might be selling something they know is an outright lie, but the reality is they're pulling you away from your God and towards them. And the prideful will always make sure that they're the solution to the problem. The prideful will always make sure that they're the one in the room that's getting you to look to them. Man, be careful. They're selling themselves. Don't buy in. Look to your Savior. May your God get all the glory. Man, if you're looking to someone who is also then looking to Christ, praise God for that humility. Long to look for the one who is pointing to Jesus Christ. Long to see what Scripture has to say and align with that God. In this world that is wrestling to find a truth, some truth, know this, we long to know the one who is the truth. And all of God's people said, man, man, don't miss it. The truth, that's our king. 
And uh, don't just turn to the prideful, turn to the one who's worth trusting. He says, you have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. God is up to like doing fourth grade math. He's not just adding, he's multiplying, right? He's like, I'm telling you this, my God is taking the blessings and he's just pouring them on one after another. If the blessings you know of your God in your life have a lot of distance between right now and when it happened, you're probably missing out on leaning in on your God more and hearing more from him. More blessing, more power, more glory from your God. He loves to multiply those blessings into your life. Man, make today a day where you're like, that's it. I'm leaning in with my God. I long to be able to worship him and praise him and I long to hear from him. It says he multiplies those wondrous deeds and thoughts toward us. The words within our heart, the echo of thinking of where you're headed, even some of the actions he may do as he may write a problem in your life that is devastating you right now. And know this, your God loves you with all he's got. Look for those unbelievable moments of praise. He says, I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. He's like, I'm going to lift it up and talk about it, but I'm telling you, I'm going to lose count. There's so many. May we be so tuned in to our praising of our God that we actually are enumerating all the things God is doing and we can't even count. We keep losing track. There's so many. For so many of us, we get kind of bent on a little bit of the problem and we can remember the one thing that God is doing in my life in the moment and maybe it's even a little distant. Lord, I long to taste of you in a fresh way, a new song. By the way, song doesn't just mean that you're singing it with melody, playing with an instrument or something. It, it means that you're echoing back out that this is awesome about your God. May we celebrate our God in all that he is. You know, singing a new song. Have you ever asked yourself, why don't I praise more? Why don't I sing a new song? What is it that's keeping me from praising my God? Like, what is it that's keeping me limited in my worship? Why am I not going after it? You know, just a couple of thoughts as you go after things like this, you realize pretty quickly how easy it is, especially now, right, as we've been kind of in lockdown mode. It gets easy to just get soft, doesn't it? It just gets easy to kind of hang back. It gets easy to be sitting on the couch. All of a sudden, the comforts become the enemy. And we stop praising because we actually just would prefer to kind of hang. And maybe some of our worship is dropping because we've gotten so comfortable. Or maybe on the other side of the fence, maybe our worship is dropping because you're just hurting so badly. There's so much discomfort. Maybe you're in a struggle with a job loss or Maybe there's sickness in your home or there's separation or isolation going on and, and it's tough. And maybe you're wrestling and it's devastating your soul. And please hear me. Our God provides hope for us on a moment-by-moment, day-by-day basis where we can worship him and cry out even in the midst of some of that pain. 
In the midst of some of the heartache and sorrow, Lord, I'm remembering some of what you've done. Lord, I'm remembering some of the words you're giving. Lord, I'm coming before you. Maybe it's on my knees. I long for you to do a work today and watch your God work. Take a deep breath and worship him with a new song. And all of God's people said, don't miss it, man. Maybe we're even just getting a little annoyed and so we stop. You know, maybe we're like, I'd sing a new song, but, but I have to wear a mask. Too soon, right? I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to, I would sing, but then there's this little limitation and it makes me a little annoyed, so no. And, and like, let's make sure that we're not letting our singing be limited by whatever's going on around. My God gets his praise. And all of God's people said, amen. Don't miss it. Simple question. So where are you at? How are you doing with the new song? What is it that's holding you back? Is comfort your enemy? Is discomfort your enemy? May you look to your God and worship him. May God get all the glory. Point number two, delight. Delight in doing his will and openly declare his righteousness. Delight in doing his will and openly declare his righteousness. It says, in sacrifice and offering, you have not delighted. What? Like, this is David writing. This is Old Testament. We have the law. We know that sacrifice and offering actually are what God asked for. What is he saying when he says this? Sacrifice and offering, you have not delighted. What is he saying? God, I know that you're longing for relationship. Look at the next little bit. But you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin sacrifice you have not required. Then I said, behold, I have come. He's like, God, I, I know about this offering and this sacrifice. But it's not about ritual, right? Real wisdom is sourced in relationship, not ritual. Real wisdom with our God, real passionate power worship of our God, it's sourced in relationship, not ritual. He's like, I know you don't want me just coming doing the offering and the ritualistic sacrifice with no relationship. That's not it at all. Like, I know that you long for me to come to you. God longs for us to come to, everybody say come. Say it louder, say it bigger. Come. Man, don't miss that at home. Don't miss it. Come to him. May we literally hear the work of our God in our lives. And may we celebrate that with personal relationship as we long to see our God rock our world. It's not about ritual. It's not about I get up and I do these nine things and then I move on. It's about I get up and I meet the living God. And I long for him to do a work in me today. Lord, I'm ready to be rocked by you. Okay? He calls us to relationship. He said, behold, I have come. David's like, just so you know, God, I know it's about relationship. And I'm coming close to you. In the scroll of the books, it is written of me. I delight to do your will. Oh, my God, your law is within my heart. Like, yes, God, I know about the law. I'm not ignoring the law. I grasp it and I'm going after it with all I've got. 
But God, it's not about some ritual. God, I can't wait to celebrate you being with you, literally, physically, hearing from you. He's like, my hope is to please you. My guide, it's your word. And my actions, well, they're going to be aligned with my desires, and that's to follow you. I'm in. And may we come out of here today. May we step into tomorrow. May we be ready to go after our God saying, Lord God, my desire is to be with you. I long to be with you. I long to hear from you. I long to be blown away by you. Teach me from your word. I'm ready to be rocked by you. He says, I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. He's like, look, man, I'm not keeping it quiet. I'm not talking to just one or two people. In the great congregation, I am telling it out. He's like, I am just telling you, I am lifting up the word that my God is my hope. Social distancing and all, I'm connecting and letting others know my God is my hope. And all of God's people said, and don't miss it, our job is to worship the king. He says, I have told the glad news of the deliverance. Lord, I talked about that miry bog and how you lifted me out. I talked about how others came to trust you. He says, behold, I have not restrained my lips as you uh, know, O Lord. Like you are my hope. There is none like you. And I celebrate you with all I've got. You are my hope and my lips are not restrained. He says, I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. In other words, it's not a secret deep inside where when I contemplate on it, I'm like, God's pretty awesome. I mean, I'm not going to tell anybody, but God's pretty awesome. Not that. Like, I'm going to be public about where I stand. And when others are willing to print up a sign and take a stand for where they're at, am I willing to take a stand for my God? Am I willing to see that Jesus Christ is my hope and I will not get off of it? And I long to see him be the solution, both for the here and now and for eternity. Jesus Christ is my king. May I lift his name up. May I celebrate him with all I've got. And may that move me, not to just some indifferent worship of my God, but may it move me to a caring, compassionate reaching out to those around me and bringing them to the throne room of Jesus Christ so that they may trust as well. May our God get all the glory. Man, when we're fired up, we love to get joyful. When we're fired up, we love to let it out. And, uh, you know, maybe you're a guy who loves sports. Not recently, but maybe you're a guy, <laughs> a guy who loves to watch sports. And you, you're watching the team, and you're like, come on, man. And then when they do something right, when they're getting it together, you're like, that's what I'm talking about. Come on now, we can do this. And all of a sudden, we start raising up. We start cheering out, we start applauding, we start buying t-shirts that rep that team, and right? We take a stand with, we desire to get public on, and where our heart is at, we desire to express out. We delight in expressing out. We delight in praising out. Man, hear me on this. In the church, may we delight on praising our God and expressing out. I don't know about you guys, 
But I was raised in a church that didn't overtly say it, but it was really kind of taught, be careful with the emotion. Don't let it get out of control. There's a lot of reasoning and a lot of thinking. We go after that and we mean to. Don't, don't go too much into the feel. And I just want to say this. That's a real miss. It goes more like this. Like, don't go running after the feelings. I'm good with that. Don't make it all about feelings being the lead. That's really going to get you in a train wreck. Don't just run wherever the feelings take you. It's good to think through things, reason, see God's word and go towards it. But as your emotions start welling up with, that is awesome. Man, unleash that emotion. Let that come up and out. Don't hold that down. You may actually be saying, sometimes I don't feel like my Christian walk is, I don't even know if it's that fired up. Dude, it's partly probably because you're doing a little of this. When things come in that are worth celebrating, you're like, "Uh, dude, be cool. Don't just get emotional. Don't let it go. I'm telling you as you let it come up and out, as you delight in praising, you will be amazed how it rocks your faith and draws you even closer to your God. Praise your God. Delight in praising him and watch what it does to you. C.S. Lewis said this about delight. He says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not only expresses it, but it completes the enjoyment. Praise completes the enjoyment. It's not just expressing where we were. When we're like, that was awesome, we're not just looking back and going, that back there was great. It's just an informational piece for you to know. That back there was great. That's not what's going on. As we're praising out and celebrating, we're literally giving the exclamation point to that experience of enjoyment. My God is awesome. My God raised me up out. I'm not alone. I lean on my king. And I'm telling you, he has rocked my world. He has lifted me up. And so I'm not holding back. And out it comes. And I'm telling you, as you live that life, you are drawing near to your king. And you are making it known that your God is worth praising. And some might even see that faith and be blown away and come to trust in him. And all of God's people said, our God is good. Our God is so worth worshiping. Let's pray. 